Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast in unseasonably cool downtown Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. I have our co-host today, Dave Anderson, our regular guest, Emmanuel Gennard, and our special guest, Rachel Ober. And today we'll be talking about building bridges. And before we do, let's introduce our special guest today, Rachel Ober. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. We're all here. Unseasonably cool downtown <laughs> Manhattan. Staying in here. warm. Staying warm. Yeah. I wore full length pants today. Uh, yeah. I was very excited about that because I love fall clothing and not no. that, like being a little Don't you say fall is not that time yet. <laughs> it's just around the corner. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, 17 weeks, so, it'll be snowing. <laughs> don't worry about it. So I heard that you enjoy building bridges. <laughs> yes, I do. Specifically, a couple years ago in. When was that? 2013, mm-hmm. I started an official chapter of RailsBridge in the New York City area. Oh, awesome. In 2009, RailsBridge proper started in San Francisco by the two Sarahs, Sarah Allen and Sarah May. Mm-hmm. And around that time in 2013, technology industry in New York City was still relatively new. It was very difficult to find space to hold free events. And I was looking to build a community of people who wanted to volunteer and teach people how to code for the first time. And I built this, well, I used a tool, it's, it's called Bridge Troll, and it okay. sends out a message to people who are interested in these workshops. And Is this like a homegrown tool for yes, RailsBridge? It, yes, it started as a tool for RailsBridge, and now it's used for many different chapters, many different kinds of bridges. And we put our events up there. We sell out, quote unquote, because it's a free workshop within about 24 hours. Oh, and nice. we get, we open the event two weeks before we plan to hold it. We get a bunch of repeat volunteers coming back because they love it, or they, at least they tell me and they keep showing up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what we do is it's a one and a half day workshop. We start usually on a Friday evening after work around six. We get people set up on their machines. From scratch, like people who have not developed before? Usually, though we do start, we have started seeing people who have either taken some type of intro class or they're currently in a boot camp and they come in with some type of Ruby setup or they've tried installing Ruby and Ruby on Rails on their machine and along the line, they just couldn't figure it out. They need some help. We're there. We do the install fest Friday night. We get them set up so that they have a working environment. We have them deploy a dummy app to Heroku. And we have everything natively installed for them. And then we start hitting the ground running Saturday morning. And we get working. And then we start wrapping up around four, get everybody together. And we try to hold an after party and get people talking to one another. We try to build community. We try to build excitement and give them next steps Hopefully, everybody walks out of there feeling really encouraged. They've deployed their first application. They can go home, show their parents, show their children, show their partners this thing that they've created on their own and hopefully get them over the hump, as mm-hmm. so you might say. Because awesome. historically, new people to Ruby on Rails might not know that it was notoriously difficult to get Ruby on Rails installed on your machine. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember there was a time where it was just really difficult 
to Especially do if you're a Windows developer. Oh, oh yeah. Especially. Oh, yeah. Especially. I remember our first Rails bridge in early 2013, and I think we started around 6, and we still had people past midnight who were still struggling with the install process. Ooh. And mm-hmm. and now I am very happy to say we've had some of our, our volunteers work really hard and put together a VM that we can just distribute to our attendees and get it set up. And people are usually like in and out really quick. <laughs> nice. Like, Do I really have to come? Do I have to stay all night? No, but you know, like it's a good, good atmosphere to come. We give you dinner for free hang out, get to know the people you're going to be spending all day with tomorrow. So we try to kick it off that way. Nice. So it sounds like a really structured hackathon. Yes. Well, it's it's structured. Well, hackathon, maybe. I don't know. I, I have, like, I, I have I've, mixed opinions on hackathons. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been to hackathons that have like a similar format where yeah. like, you get together, you figure out what you're doing on Friday, and then you spend all Saturday just like hacking away. But there's really not much direction with a hackathon. So I can see why that'd be super intimidating for someone who's new. Yes. Mm. And actually, that's one of the big differences between our chapter in New York City and how it originally started in San Francisco. So if you've ever worked or been to the West Coast, they're very laid back there. And historically, those workshops, they run them practically every month out there. And people just show up, they figure out what they're going to do the day of, and then they run with it. I have found that in New York City, there is a much higher standard <laughs> of free <laughs> workshops. <Yeah. laughs> and I've actually had people like, I mean, I, even the volunteers have such a higher standard of what they want to offer the students where we, I'm not really sure if any other chapter does this, but we hold volunteer trainings so that we can tell, because like, I get so many questions from people like, are you sure I can come to this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, you know, just come and any any type of feedback that you can give, as long as you understand that the people you're teaching are incredibly new, they might be really kind of nervous coming to this thing. And if you're not, if you're giving them a helpful, safe environment for them to learn, that's like the best thing that you can do because they probably encountered some really troubling situations <laughs> trying to teach themselves how to code previously. But yeah, we we put a lot of emphasis on structure and giving certain expectations, which I don't think was originally built into the program. So I'm I'm really proud of the volunteers who've been able to really work on our training. So would you say that some of the things you've done at RailsBridge here in New York have kind of made their way back into the larger RailsBridge community? I would say so. I'm not completely transparent in all the other chapters because it is such a distributed system. I do get to talk to people. We have a Slack channel and we talk about how do I get more people to show up? Or one of the common problems I hear is because it's a free workshop, there is a large attrition rate sometimes. And so what we try to do is we account for that by opening more slots and asking people to unregister and et cetera. And I think I think I might have been the first person who called it a chapter instead of just a ongoing workshop. I just found there were two previous workshops in New York City, and I just felt like if we could call it a chapter and kind of get a core group of individuals, not really have any like requirements that you had to stick around, just try to make it into an entity that I would be this this kind of middle of the wheel that would just have spokes coming out of me and I could be able to teach people and have people run workshops and 
that, that it could be more self-sustaining that way. Because I think it was just really, really difficult to hold free things in New York at the time. Right. That makes sense. So you're kind of like building a community, yeah. like labeling it. and Yeah. And since then, we do have actually the software built, Bridge Troll built off of that concept of chapters. So we have Rails Bridge, which specifically aims towards teaching Ruby on Rails. Now we have other bridges such as GoBridge, MobileBridge, ScholarBridge, which is all based on the same type of formula of we're going to get people together. It's going. We're going to install things the night before, and then we're going to come in and get an application running. And it's all all set up with similar type of criteria. And then you could have in New York City. I, even though I don't know everybody who's done this, people can just start a workshop in the area. So you might go on today and see that there's a Scholar Bridge next weekend. And just because I started Rails Bridge in New York City doesn't mean that I have to be in control of everything that happens in New York City. Anybody is free to come in. What I wanted to be is just kind of like, hey, I'm a resource if and I've done this before and I'd love to help you. But it's a completely free, it's an open source curriculum. And and that's that's the intention behind it. So they could be multiple bridges per se, not just a Rails one? That's correct. So that can be, as you mentioned, a Scala bridge and Elixir Bridge or Alchemist Bridge. Python Bridge? Django yes. Bridge? Dude's yeah. Prime Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I signed up for Elixir Bridge. Oh, yeah? I'm on the wait list for it. Oh, nice. I got the email from Bridge Troll to sign up for that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Alchemist Bridge over here. Well, yeah. For you to get to the other side and be able to turn silver into gold or what is it, yeah. copper and, into gold. And, that's, and it, what's really great about the tool, too, is that you just say, I'm interested in events in New York City and you get emails for all of these other bridges. That's how I found out that there's other bridges happening in New York City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I don't thanks. always get contacted. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Bridge Troll. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, it's, I guess it's very decentralized, as yes, you were saying. It's very, it was, so, it, there's pluses, but also minuses, because at the same time, if you're trying to have some type of consistency with resources in New York City, you might not necessarily know who's currently involved in it. We have issues with marketing, getting people to sponsor us, for instance. We have a bunch of people now who actually do want to give us space where that was a problem a few years of, years ago. And what we actually really need is people to sponsor the, the free meals that we offer. And we always try to offer free childcare for people as well to lower those boundaries in attending our workshop and getting started with coding. Cool. As someone who's been to a few bridges as a volunteer... Right. I'd say it's very well organized. I mean, all I really have to do is show up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I've been to the volunteer training and a few, I I think I've been to one install fest. But yeah, it's really like, so what I've noticed is that there is a pretty good sort of cadence to to the day where around nine o'clock on Saturday, we show up, introductions are made, Rachel or whoever might be leading that bridge today, that day, will like have something to say about it and the history of Rails Bridge and what we aim to do today and things like that. We break up into groups, beginner, intermediate, advanced. And really, each time, it's it's really, for me anyway, I find it to be really eye-opening in terms of like the questions the students ask or questions that I may have had myself a long time ago, but I maybe just forgot about or don't even worry about now, but they ask them again and I have to like mm-hmm. 
dig deep to find a reason and why and, and try to explain the best I can. It really, I feel like keeps me grounded. And so I recommend people. Gets you back to your roots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I recommend people, anyone who's interested to try and do a volunteer workshop, even if you don't think you can teach. If you've been, do, if you've been doing rails for, I don't know, three, six months regularly. If you've been through a boot camp, you can probably help somebody. Oh just, yeah, yeah. There's a place for everyone yeah. to give back in Railsbridge. Honestly, people are, well, we, we, we try to do is we try to get people to come back. If you've taken one workshop, we invite people to come back. Please take it again. We have a different curriculum. So as you mentioned, we have beginners, intermediate and advanced. And after that, we suggest people, I mean, everybody's asking me like, oh, what do I do next? And can I give back? I really want to help. What can I do? And it's come back, be a volunteer. And that doesn't mean you have to stand up in front of everybody and teach the curriculum. If you're sitting at the back of the classroom and you're noticing somebody's struggling, you can step in and say, hey, I noticed that you're not working on the assignment. Is there a question that you have that I can answer? And that is one of the most helpful things that somebody can do to help a new learner is just kind of notice that they're struggling and answer their questions. Or even I tell volunteers, if you remember as a learner, you struggling at a certain point in the curriculum, like that you had historically struggled with something, be that devil's advocate in the room and say like, hey, talk to the teacher. Why wouldn't you do it this other way? Or hey, can you try using this other example? Like, what if you reverse the list? Does it give you the same output type of thing? And that usually sparks conversation in the room. So you can definitely be an educator that way. And then at that point, that really gives you a forum to get more comfortable being in front of people and saying, hey, maybe next time I'll try leading a discussion or I will try teaching one part of the curriculum. And it really, it's a valuable experience for everybody because a lot of people then get that confidence to speak at conferences, speak at work, come up with their own curriculum, things like that. Is the curriculum like constantly evolving or is it? Yes, we so definitely we have to keep up to date with any future versions of Ruby Rails operating systems, especially the install fest changes all the time. But we also try to take any type of comments that people have during our retrospectives at the end of the day saying, hey, this was really hard for me to understand. Maybe if you put an illustrated example or a video or something in, that's a change that we can then contribute because it is open source and create a pull request and it can get merged back into the curriculum. Awesome. So Emmanuel had mentioned about as a volunteer, there is like RailsBridge has like a, a template I would call that teaches the volunteer how to onboard onto the program to then help the people who are taking the RailsBridge. I don't know if I want to use the word course or like just to do the RailsBridge workshop. workshop. Yeah, it's a workshop. Um, so you guys have that established. And then, of course, the people taking or participating in the workshop also get a sense of what that culture is like through the volunteers as well. I think that's pretty cool. Just like the idea of like, oh, this is how the community behaves and, and whatnot. Yeah. So when you go and speak to someone who is a Ruby Rails developer, they probably are interested in or follow this particular format that the entire community in New York City follows. Yeah, I, I think each rail, like if you would go to a different 
part of the country, I'm sure they have a different style. Yeah. I know for me and the culture that I try to impart on the other people who are coming in is that this is a place that you can make mistakes and people are going to help you out. They're not going to make fun of you. Right. And whenever I get up there Saturday morning, whenever I'm the one leading the workshop, I'm like, this is your time. Ask your questions. We're here to inspire you. Everybody here is rooting for you and we want to see you succeed. And I think whenever, especially when people are still waking up, maybe they're just having their first cup of coffee. (laughs) I try and psych myself up so that I can psych other people up because the worst thing is like, if people are really quiet and they feel like they can't speak up. So I'm like, can I, yeah, let's go. I'm like a one person (laughs) hype woman out out there to get them all. Like I try to make myself look silly so other people don't feel as bad. And (laughs) I mean, that's, that's amazing. Just to like get to if you have to psych yourself up to get the energy so that they can then be inspired yeah. to ask questions to participate to ensure that they finish through the program and get to get whatever they came for yeah right like to learn rails and whatnot yeah and i tried to point out people in the room who i know who have volunteered before who i've recognized i said hey it's great to see you again like oh yeah how many times have you been here now like how long have you been with rails bridge and and i try to say and i try to like ask people in the audience hey why are you here how did you what are you trying to get out of this like how can we help you and try to have that dialogue with the audience so that they get used to speaking up they get used to like talking to the other people in the audience because those are the people you're going to be spending the rest of the day with and Mm -hmm. you want to build up that rapport. How does it work out with like, are there any hiring opportunities that happen like through RailsBridge? Do you know of any stories that has happened through that? Well, we do have people who have sponsored us such as some of the boot camps in New York city who have sponsored us and they will what happens is somebody will ask, oh, this is really great. I really understood everything today. What next steps could I take? And we've had hosts and sponsors like General Assembly, Dev Bootcamp, Full Stack Academy, and we'll, they'll have representatives come and talk about their programs. And we've had a lot of people who went from RailsBridge, took a boot camp, got a job, and a lot of them have come back to help us volunteer and then teach and it's it's like a really great cycle it's oh, like a awesome. self, yeah. self-sustaining that way yeah. so nice. it's pretty amazing uh, you mentioned dev boot camp and in recent news they're closing down their offices which is pretty sad for yeah. the community entirely and by the end of the year they're mm-hmm. donezo yeah oh, wow. i mean i imagine i mean i'm sure the new york city community feels that because that was like one of the First, I believe. That, I think it was the first one. Right. That had the boot camp and mm-hmm. it was really successful at the time and probably st- still is until the recent news. So how do you, does there any space for Rails for like what happens to that community now that that particular, you know, the big pillar of boot camps is now closing? How yeah. does that affect RailsBridge? It definitely makes me take pause to think about, well, what is the hiring community going to think like are, are people going to immediately think well if dev boot camps closing does that mean that people aren't like the students who want to pay that money are they not there is that the problem are the students who are coming out of it are they not as prepared i think it, that that puts a lot of doubt into the ecosystem and mm-hmm. 
especially when it's growing so quickly right now. Yeah, you have hundreds of boot camps at this point in yeah. the Uni- United States alone. I'm sure there's like internationally even more. Even like remote boot camp, the buddy of mine is doing a JavaScript boot camp, which is all remote. Oh, oh interesting. It's, it's, it's amazing, like all the different forms that these boot camps are taking. Like for yeah. every person, there's a boot camp for you. What I like about, so I went through a traditional computer science education at a university, Northeastern University in Boston. And I would not not give that up for a world. My life revolves around software engineering and web development. But I definitely see the need for some type of format for someone who maybe went through a different program, got out of college, realized the jobs that they thought were there either weren't there or they didn't feel the same passion that I do about my job. And they want to try software engineering. And I think... I want to see a world where we can take these individuals and give them a healthy community to come into. And I do think Dev Bootcamp and Code Camps in particular have been a good forum. The price point is still expensive for a lot of people. That's where I think places like RailsBridge is like a low cost entry point to get into, even see if that's something that you would enjoy. Yeah. I went through App Academy, right? And I always thought that there were so, so many, even two, three years ago when mm-hmm. I first went to Africa, there were so many boot camps. And I, I was really kind of encouraged by that. But I also thought there were maybe too many, like for all of them to be making money, mm. to be able to sustain themselves. Yeah. There does right? need to be like a differentiation between yeah. them, which I, and, I think for a, a good number of them, there is like kind of like, okay, well, this is the Rails, definitive Rails one. This is here. JavaScript one. I think there's this question of how expensive it is in general to get an education, whether or not you're going to something like a for-profit school or a traditional background. It's just expensive regardless. Yeah. And there are, there are places like Recurse Center, which Emmanuel and I both have been to, which is free, but less directed. Like it's it's all self-directed. So you do need to have like, some good incentive to learn or like uh, you need to have a good enthusiasm and motivation for learning also in terms of the the, not to get to businessy but like for instance the business model of say app academy like i didn't pay them until i found a job which is one of the biggest reasons i wanted to go there like one i couldn't afford to (laughs) yeah (laughs) is, is app academy the only one that has that guarantee full stack and grace hopper academy at full stack have that mm-hmm. yeah the one well. the one that my buddy's going to is as well but yeah i cannot speak their name for a plug because i don't remember it <laughs> <laughs> sorry 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 there are a couple there are a couple who have that kind of business model where the other side of that is that once you do finish though they are super on you to keep applying i, I guess yeah. I, I, yeah. that makes sense for the student i guess why it could fail is if people are really struggling like when you're starting out where do you get that capital to start the school in the first pay- place and pay your teachers and make sure you're finding quality teachers because quality teachers are not going to want to starve. Right. Teach. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, especially computer science. Folks who have good computer science skills are not going to want to. Yeah. Cause they are getting paid by. a lot of money to do what they do. And usually education is not going to pay as much. Mm-hmm. And I also want to mention that like, like Rachel's goals with rails bridge where of bringing more under, 
represented groups to to tech, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, so Rails Bridge it started out as a women focused outreach, but Interesting. In, in the most recent years, the board has actually tried to outreach other communities such as non-binary genderqueer folks as well as people of color as well as poor individuals that's actually one of the goals that i've been trying to, trying to achieve is looking for a lab that could host us and that has not really panned out as well but that but but that's where railsbridge has grown to try to outreach into other, these other communities. Awesome. So I guess that was a primary focus from the very start. Yes. So that's that's why you have these different aspects baked into the environment that you're building. With yeah. The try child to be, care. And- yeah. Try to be as access- accessible to people and, and essentially, and I've been trying to think as well as like, okay, so we have food so people don't have to pay for that. Free space, free child care. What other type of limiting factors are out there? And so- so one of them is the people who come to these workshops are people who can own a laptop, not just a desktop. Like I've been to others. One time someone showed up with a desktop, but mostly it's a laptop or it's a tablet computer. And okay. so you have to think, okay, that might be another limiting factor. Can we offer loan our laptops? Can we, can we get a lab? So after I find some place for that, then I'll think about the next limiting factor to try and get more people to experience coding who might not where, have that. Where all experience. the internet cafes go? <laughs> <laughs> They're all in China. All in Chinatown. <laughs> They're all in Chinatown now for some reason. Did you say someone showed up with a desktop it, it, one time? It, was, so I, I, it wasn't a Rails bridge. I, it wasn't oh. different. It was for my the work that we did with Right Speed Code. We had oh, a coding okay. day and somebody brought, she brought a had a dolly. And she oh brought her yeah, desktop. I was going to say, it's a hand truck. Thought it was a land party, ready to go down and yeah, code. Yeah, it was like yeah. a land party. <laughs> That's how you no, show up at land like, parties in the nineties. When she brought it in, it was just like that was her dedication to it, yeah. to the program, wow. and and opening herself up to opportunities. And I was like, That's really, yeah. I was really impressed. Yeah, the dolly probably had the, like, la- the monitor and the keyboard yes, set up. All yeah. like all ready to but go. But I feel just, like she's done this before because she had the boxes. You had a, you had a dolly, yes, and <laughs> she had the bungee cords around it. I'm like. Wow. I I think she knew. I she's mean, I think she's like <laughs> she made a decision not to get a laptop and bring her desktop around. Lamp parties that then. Yeah. Preparing her whole life for this. Yeah. It's like that Greek myth with the guy with the boulder pushing it around <laughs> so everywhere. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's that's really cool to see that like, people are actually really enthusiastic to show up regardless of what they have. Yeah, to- I think if you set the stage and you really do make it about the person and saying like this is for you, this is what you're gonna get out of it. Like we are committed to breaking down these barriers for you. I think they're really willing to show up, and that's that's for participants and volunteers. Cool, yeah, that's really I, cool. I know it's tried. We've been having a big push for more diversity in our hires, and it's it's been an interesting challenge. We've had some successes, but I, I do feel like the kind of efforts that you're doing with Rails Bridge is really important because it's a pipeline. There's only so much supply, and in order to increase the supply, you gotta. You have to open yeah. up new opportunities and right. that's reduce why the barriers. I, yeah, that's why I think having diverse entry points, so not just the traditional CS background. So we need things like boot camps. We need things like internships and apprenticeships. We need a diverse way of getting candidates and rethink the way that we gauge our candidates so that we can get the type of programmers and developers who are creating the products for diverse people because we don't want the, like 
a company is limiting itself if we're only thinking about like the top 1% of the population. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like other people have money. You want to make that money, right? So hire the people so that they can help you make that money, right? <laughs> like if we're just talking about capitalism here and we totally <laughs> and we totally put like all of the like feel good about helping people program. It just makes business sense at that point. Yeah. And I, I feel like for a lot of startups too, it's been become more clear that the things that work in our specific culture may not work in another culture. Like, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uber in China just completely flopped. And, you know, that's true in that demographic. But think of all the other demographics mm-hmm. that we're not really gelling with as a technology community mm-hmm. that we could have a much better resonance with if, you know, we had a broader base of diversity. Yeah. Like we've been. As Dave mentioned, we've been sort of trying to recruit more female engineers at Stride. And we've been somewhat successful, actually, a little bit, where we've doubled the amount of female engineers we've had since this year, which two to like four is not that great. But right. I mean, <laughs> hey, actually, actually, it's more than double. It's, it's exponential. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Actually, it might be, we might be at six we might, now. Yeah, actually. I think it is yeah, six. Keep that trend right going. Yeah, yeah, we're at six now. So we've more than doubled, which is great. But in the work with the the diversity committee we've kind of had this problems of like one we wanted to host meetups to try and meet people we don't have a space to do that right so we've been trying to find other ways we posted on different job boards and maybe he'll focus job boards our recruiters have been doing a really good job of like literally like going through linkedin and like trying to target women's hey have you thought about joining stride right and, and see that's where events like rails bridge I try and sell it as a great place for recruiting, not necessarily the students, but these people who are so involved in volunteering and caring about that. Wouldn't you want somebody like that to join your team? And so that's a great, (laughs) great time to recruit somebody and say like, here, join. I gave money to RailsBridge. Yeah. Here, let me give me your ear for a minute as I pitch you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Mm Awesome. Rachel, it was great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Yeah. How can people reach out to RailsBridge? So RailsBridge is at railsbridge.org. If you're interested in volunteering or attending one of the workshops in New York City, you can find us at railsbridgenyc.org. Okay. And we're everywhere else on the web at RailsBridge. <laughs> awesome. Anywhere on the internet where people can find you? All the social networks I know of, I'm usually Rachel Ober. Okay. There are other Rachel Obers emerging. emerging. Okay. You have to find them <laughs> yeah, and I shut do. them down. I am not on Snapchat because okay. another Rachel Ober snagged that name because oh, I was wow. like, I'm too old for Snapchat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then whenever so. I actually found a use for it, I'm like, darn it. Okay. <laughs> and now you're Rachel Ober too. Yeah. The real Rachel Ober. <laughs> I know. That one too. Yeah. Awesome. It's great to have you here to talk about RailsBridge and all the things it's done for the community. I'd like to thank the co-hosts. Dave, thanks for stopping on by. Yeah, thanks, man. Emmanuel, it's always great having you on, yeah, on, on the board. It's been a while. The it's regular, been a while. Yes. Yeah, the regular cast. Yeah. <laughs> more regular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Rachel, again, thank you for coming on down. Greatly appreciate it. You can reach us on twitter.com slash radio free rabbit. This is the rabbit hole, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>